0: This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library, and today we're on page 120, Wrestling, Lazarus. This is the book, Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Hayford Bauer. My daughter, Marisa, gave me this book uh, because her pastor's wife, Sister Carricko, had got one for uh, my Aunt Sandy, Sister Elder, Sister Sandra Elder, um, after the death of my uncle, Carl Elder, which is Edwin Elder's son, the one that Podcast is named after, uh, but anyway, I got this book and I had it for a long time. I had it for a long time before I finally started reading it, and I decided to use it on my podcast. So you're getting the you're getting the meat out of this, book at the same time, I am um, wrestling Lazarus while Scott. This is Rebecca's husband Scott who had passed away. While Scott was in the hospital, a total of about 40 hours, dozens and dozens of people wrote me notes or left-phone messages telling me that the verse they felt the Lord impressing on their hearts was from the story of Lazarus' resurrection. This sickness is not unto death, John 11:4). But Scott died. In the days that followed, I felt perplexed about how things had turned out. I believed God's word and I knew the people who had quoted that verse to me. They weren't superficial people who thoughtlessly threw scripture verses around one day I was thinking about the Lazarus story, and I remembered the first time I heard it in Sunday school. I remember the flannel graph pictures my teacher used to present the story. There was a picture of Jesus and Martha, and there was a picture of a tomb with a mummy inside of it. As a matter of fact, about a year later, one of my kids was getting ready to teach the same lesson in Sunday school and was cutting out the flannel graph pictures, and they were the same ones. They're still around. As I continued thinking about these pictures, I began to imagine my story. It was as though I was standing there with Jesus, and Scott was in the tomb. In my bewilderment, I cried out to the Lord, If you weren't going to resurrect him, why did you impress that verse on the hearts of all those people? His answer came immediately to my heart, You have the people in the wrong places. With those words, the picture in my mind changed to Scott being with Jesus and me being in the tomb. The Lord continued, And now I'm telling you, come forth. This moment was a turning point in how I viewed myself and my future. Feeling that the Lord was calling me to come forth caused me to realize that He still had a purpose and a mission for me. He had a call on my life and something for me to do. In our marriage, my husband and I had shared a purpose and a mission together. When he was suddenly gone, I felt adrift in regard to my own life purpose, but now I knew that God still had a plan for me. In the days and weeks that followed i studied this passage of scripture john 11 1 through 44 in more depth there were three phrases that stood out and helped to direct me toward new purpose in my life the first phrase is a word believe the word is used six times in the text five of those times it is spoken by jesus i had already chosen to build where i believe but Jesus' repetition of this word called me again and again to believe him Not just to believe in him unto salvation, but to believe that he was present in my situation. That he would impact my circumstance, and no matter how dead things looked, he would bring life out of it. Interesting, one of Scott's sermons was on this passage. In that sermon, he challenged our congregation with these words. Could it be in the steps of our own disappointment that some of us become so... Theologically pure, that we've lost the sense of anticipation that God wants to do something right here, right now. The fact is that wherever Jesus is, a miracle is in process. Either it's about to happen, or it's currently happening, or it just finished happening. Every time Jesus shows up on the scene, there's a miracle. And he cries, Come forth. And he calls us to believe. Believe. The second phrase that stood out to me where Jesus's words were, as he made his way with Mary and Martha to Lazarus tomb, Where have you laid him? Where is the grave, Martha? Where have you buried your brother, Mary? Where have you laid your future to rest, Rebecca? Where have you put your dreams, your hopes, Lisa, (laughs) or whoever, whatever your name is? Until I was challenged by that question, I had not realized how many things I had allowed to drop out of my life. Curiosity, adventure, exploration. I didn't realize how comfortable I had allowed myself to become. In my defense, let me say that when you're raising children, there's a reason to stay home, to focus on the nest. But now the Lord was reawakening things to me as I never could have imagined. Where have you laid your dreams? It's time for me to bring them pe- back to life. Finding the phrase for the glory of God brought a definition a purpose for the future. Life really is all about Jesus because he's the only one who can give it. Another of Scott's sermons came to mind in which he said, All we do, all we say, all for Jesus, all the time. The fact is that the verse that begins with this sickness is not unto death ends, but for the glory of God. Everything is to be done for the glory of the Lord in sickness and in health, in life and in death, whether we're abased or abounding, in gain or loss, in silence or sound, young or old, whatever it is, we have to base. The future, knowing that God is in control and he's working all things together for the good. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, Paul says in First Corinthians 10, 31. In the case of Lazarus, the glory of God was manifested in a physical resurrection. In my case, Rebecca says, the glory of God was shown through a scared widow choosing to step to the future God was opening to her. Make no mistake, Lazarus was no less frightened and overwhelmed when he stepped out of the tomb. Stinky dressed in drape clothes, all those people watching him, people weeping and wailing. We have to take the first steps towards our future. What will the glory of God look like in each of our lives? We will never know until we answer his call to come forth. Page 123, the bottom of the page. You know, this is so true with my husband and I. So it's true that no matter who you are, we all have similar walks. It's different, same but different. That's why, um... My my husband didn't like that saying, but it's so true. My daughter Melissa, when she was little, she'd show dad she'd show her dad these little leaves, and she'd just show him that these little tiny little flowers, even though the petals, you know, they were all she said they're the same but different. She could notice that she was a, had attention to detail when she was little, and so he got her a for her graduation. He got her a big <coughs> plaque, a big um, picture frame that had leaves in it and he had had me write little tiny words um so the same the same different they're the same but different these leaves and that's the same with our lives we're all the same we're flesh and blood we all have feelings we all have emotions we all have a path that god's put us on and it's all to lead us to the promised land but some of our journeys along the way it's going to be different. We all have to learn to trust Him. Only trust Him. That's something I told you before. The Lord laid on my heart. Only trust Him. And when I'm like, Lord, what am I gonna do now? What am I gonna do now? And He's like, You act like this is your forever home. This isn't my forever home. In fact, I don't know when I'm gonna be 60, God willing, if I'm still alive, <laughs> in, in September, I'm gonna be turned 60, and there's gonna be a new, a new season in my life. I've never been in my 60s before my husband didn't make it to 60 um, he was 59 when he passed away so if I live in my 60s and I have, been, have lived longer than my husband but um, He's still alive in my heart, and in my in like Rebecca had sermons of her husband. I have sermons of my husband, and I have this little treasure box thing that he had got me in, a little chest, and in it I have our cassettes of sermons and um, our wedding and different things. That's where your treasure is, and where your heart be also. And it's true; those are the things that are of value to me. Keepsakes with his voice on it, with our love. I got journals that he wrote. I've got cards that he gave me. You know, those kind of things are going to live on, and they help sustain me. But my future is not in this world. My future is heaven, eternity, together. And that's what we got to stay focused on. So today, as we point others to the cross, remember, this world's not our home. And everything that happens in our life is to the glory of God. If anyone should write my life story, for whatever reason, there might be. He'll be there. Jesus will be there. Between each line of pain... glory the good times and the bad times jesus is going to be there because he is the best thing that ever happened to me it's a song from a song so well god bless you today love you each one Bye bye